1: you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
2: Tim Yotter of vikingupdate.com is uh, with us. Uh, the craziness has not subsided up there. I'm down in Fort Myers, but uh, it sounds like people are still goofy.
3: Yeah, why wouldn't they be? I mean, it's, yes. it's a uh, an NFL record type of game, and the Vikings are one time in their history on the right side of it. And
2: uh, it is the uh, greatest moment in Viking history. And uh, I don't think, uh, you know, as a guy who was uh, who was uh, observing, not at the game, but uh, when they started off by beating the hell out of the Chicago Bears in that opener in 1961, uh, that was a pretty fantastic moment. But we might...
3: uh, This is better. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean... The, the time that it happened, no time left on the clock, you get a, a, a complete whiff of a tackle that I still don't understand what he was doing. No, And, you know, you go back and you look at that, Patrick, and he not only missed Stephon Diggs, but he also took out the, the other cornerback, Ken Crawley, who likely would have been able to get Diggs at least out of bounds. So, yes. you know, that, that would have then brought up the very interesting scenario of does Kai Forbath hit a field goal that would have been somewhere around 48, 45 <laughs> yards. Or maybe, if he runs a little further, 38 yard. It could have been a
2: 38-yarder, and he could have <laughs> uh, gotten rid of all the uh, demons. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know. Everybody says, Well, Diggs would outran that guy. Diggs was still floundering to get to his feet when this guy ran over uh, ran over the other the the cornerback, Crawley. So uh, Yeah, I, I think I he would have tackled him.
3: The, the, I looked at the film of that play again uh, today and Crawley was about three yards behind Diggs as Diggs hit feet hit the ground and you know, Diggs took one step toward the sideline as well. So Crawley had all the momentum needed to catch up to to Diggs. I think he would have caught up to him if he hadn't been taken out by Marcus Williams.
2: Yes. So what, uh, you know, we, we lose sight of a lot of things uh, when, with a play like that, and for damn good reason. Were they, uh, the offensive line gave up quite a bit of pressure and uh, are they is, is the new configuration uh, the way they're going to keep going here or what did they think of their offensive line play do you think
3: well I think it is going to keep going um, just because I, I think that in their minds that's the best five offensive linemen out there and I tend to agree with them I think a lot of the pressure dealt with Rashad Hill going up against cam Jordan and you know that that's a that's a hell of a matchup for Rashad Hill to be Put in but uh you know he i think it was like seven pressures that he was cr- credited with giving up um you know it's going to be a little bit different against uh, philadelphia i think fletcher cox is the guy that they're going to have to be worried about and that's why i think having a guy like mike remmers a little bit bigger body will be good to have on the interior of the offensive line for the vikings in philadelphia
4: how big is remmers um, well, I mean, he's, he's, he's of
3: tackle he's size, yeah, he, you know, so, size, yeah. so I, I think it helps, uh, to have him going up against Fletcher Cox and maybe a double, uh, Pat Elf line on him and, and, try to help neutralize that. But either way, I think it's going to be a, a tough task for, for the Vikings to get a real good running game going in, in this one. And the other thing is, you know, Vikings defense built on speed, um, playing at Lincoln Financial. That's going to be a difficult surface for them to play on because quite frankly it's a pretty brutal beat up field it has been for a while and I've watched the last couple of the Eagles games there It's not easy to get traction so that's I think that's going to be a key part of that game.
2: Does Temple play there too do they uh, they get do they get a lot of games there I'm not sure if uh, they
3: do I'm not. not sure is that their home field or not I, I don't know I, don't, I don't know if it is I bad, just know but. that. You know, in a lot of the, uh, the games there the past few weeks with the Eagles, the footing has not been great. We've seen players slipping around and, uh, it could be a great equalizer in this game.
2: Hey Tim, they it it it's it amazes me that uh, teams in the northern climes, Chicago included, with their got off a of field just don't go for the with the modern turf as good as it is. Why they don't go for turf, I have no idea.
3: Unless yeah, well, it's if you a, do that, you remember TCF Bank Stadium when the Vikings were playing there in December, and yes. January, and Favre hits his head. You got to have the heating coils under those. Do <laughs> yeah, that oh,
2: way. oh, yeah, you 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 certainly do. What uh, what were you? I mean Breeze is fantastic and you weren't going to hold him all day. Did they uh what what did they find out defensively in the second half? Just just how good Breeze is and no no real problems to worry about.
3: Yeah, I mean I think the the coverage in general was really pretty good. Um some of those throws you just have to chalk up to Breeze. I mean, you look at the the fourth and 10 throw that he had was was excellent. Um and, you know, I thought it was interesting that the previous three, it was Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, and then he finally goes to Sneed and, and gets them into into field goal range. The, you know, on the others, in this game, though, I think the the key is going to be who do the, the Vikings have on Zach Ertz? Is it linebackers? Is it Harrison Smith? Is it, you know, Anthony Harris, if he's playing in place of Sandejo? Um, you know, I, I think the Vikings cornerbacks are well-equipped to keep up with what, what the Eagles have out there. I would expect Xavier Rhodes will be on Alshon Jeffrey, and that'll be a good battle to watch. But to me, the, the key offensive player, uh, at least in the passing game, is Zach Ertz for the Eagles.
2: What uh, what was your assessment of uh, Keenum's performance? I mean, he makes the throw that uh, sets it up that they might have been able to, even if they hadn't got the miracle touchdown, they would have had a chance to kick a field goal. Uh, what uh, beyond that, he probably had more uh, goofy plays than he's had in a while, didn't you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he got way out of way out of his comfort zone trying to trying to loft that that pass down the right sideline that got picked off. That was. That was one of those boneheaded moments. Um, You know, besides that, I I think he played pretty well. I also think he got away with another pass that actually reminded me of the 2009 championship interception that Favre threw, uh, where where Keenum had all day in the world. He ends up rolling out to his right and then he throws it across his body near the goal line to Diggs. You know, different field position than what Favre was throwing for when uh, I think it was Bernard Barry and he was going for, but. Uh, You know, good job by Diggs to come back and get that one. Overall, you know, in the last month or so, uh, I think there can be some concerns that Keenum might be holding onto the ball a little bit too long in certain situations where you'd like to see him go one read, two read, maybe get rid of the ball, and he's taken some sacks. So uh, a little bit uneven performance, but given the fact that it was his first playoff game of his career, you know, not not bad and he certainly stood tall in the moment.
2: Uh Tim A. is with us Viking dot com. Uh the uh yeah, the fact that uh that there has been a little more uh, pressure lately, too, might have some. Although they, they were they were so conservative playing down the stretch that they didn't really, they, you know, they, they just kind of rode that defense and uh, that, that made it. That Rhodes and uh, Mike Thomas uh, battle was interesting. Uh, Xavier gets a little upset when uh, somebody catches one on him, doesn't he? That's probably what makes
3: him so great. Well, there's that, and I think he was extremely upset about the hit that Sandeo took that knocked him out, and I think that got Rhodes out of his comfort zone a little bit. You know, where he, he is such a, a laid back guy off the field, but you see that in Harrison Smith too, really laid back off the field, but really intense on the field. And um, you know, Rhodes, I, I thought he, he, I thought he played pretty well. Um, Just a a good matchup there again, and uh, I would expect Rhodes will be even better against Alshon Jeffrey, especially given the quarterback that he'll be facing and the weather conditions as well.
2: Tim, how long have you been covering the Vikings?
3: Uh, 95 was the first year.
2: Well, they've had, uh, they, they had, uh, you know, 98, you have to say they were set up pretty dang well. Cause they were playing in Atlanta at home after drilling the Cowboys, but man, it is set up here. <laughs> this is, yeah, it, it really I mean, is. Uh, you, you know, get the- I,
3: I don't think there's any doubt though, that the Vikings given their choice would rather be playing the Falcons at us bank yes. stadium. Uh, you know, they're just, they, they really do feed off that crowd and it was, it was an incredible environment to be there on Sunday.
2: Oh yeah, it was uh, it was astounding. I was down here in a tiki bar watching some crazy hundred Viking fans going goofy, including uh, uh, some crazy young ladies. But it was it was uh, <laughs> it is it is uh, it is amazing uh, when uh, when something great happens to the Vikings. How eh, how we find out how universally invested the state of Minnesota is in these people.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's, first of all, no doubt that this is a Vikings town. And secondly, I, I think it was just this unbelievable relief that went through the, the crowd at the stadium. And I'm sure, you know, another million fans throughout the state as well. And it's kind of like, for once, by God, something went their way instead of against them in a big moment. All right, Tim,
2: thanks for your time, sir. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, Tim Yoder, uh, VikingUpdate.com. One of uh, numerous uh, people who does a hell of a job uh, covering the Vikings. And uh, I I saw that the Star Tribune had uh, uh, on Monday, I saw something they tweeted out or were talking about maybe in-house, 450% more traffic. Uh, Than they would they expected going into the day, <laughs> even with the Vikings playing a playoff wow. game. Uh, so, the difference between just winning the game and winning it in that fashion. Was uh, multiplied it probably by four. <laughs> that it probably multiplied the hysteria by four. Don't you think? Oh, the fact absolutely. That they want it in that manner. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we uh, shall return. We're bringing back an oldie but a goodie. Annie. Manny, you you and I sure called that go for Penn State game. Ah. I I predicted (laughs) 47-42. They damn near made it to 100. I thought they were going to be... I didn't realize Penn State just didn't guard it, just basically went up and down and didn't try to guard anybody.
0: Well, remember yesterday I said I thought there were going to be fewer points scored in this game than there was in the Jacksonville-Pittsburgh game on Sunday. Yes, and
2: we end up, uh, what's the final, 94-85. 95-84. 95-84 overtime. overtime. Gophers win, and we are going to have a sports person of the day. Uh, and uh, I don't think we do. We still have the certificates. Uh, I don't know if we still have, have the, the certificates.
1: certificates somewhere in here. But I was trying to find the. Uh, didn't we? We used to have a silent sounder.
2: sounder. Sports person of the day: Jameer Harris, the freshman, gets his first start. He had he'd only been averaging like nine or ten minutes a game, less than that in the Big Ten, while they've been giving the. Uh, minutes to the brick, brick, the jelly coated bricklayer Isaiah Washington. <laughs> uh, well, Isaiah Washington played two minutes last night. Wow! And uh, Jameer Harris played thirty six, and they go into overtime, and they're they let. Uh, this car kid hit a three right before the buzzer, and you thought, okay, they're going to figure out a way to lose this one. Well, they did. Penn State had nobody who could do anything with Jordan Murphy, and they get out to a little bit of a lead in overtime, and then Jameer Harris ends up hitting three threes, scored ten points in overtime, and all of a sudden, it doesn't look so bad, right? They they're small, they're small, but they got Murphy. McBrayer and Mason were terrific last night, and now they got a kid who can shoot on the wing. And why he was hiding all year, I don't know. I had people last summer telling me who were watching the, both these guys. You know, I don't know what a pulley league, wherever they were watching them. They all liked this kid better than Washington because he could shoot the ball. Sure. And uh, he, he wasn't getting many minutes, and when he got in there, he looked kind of desperate. But uh, now all of a sudden, He's only six foot two, one ninety. So he's a you're you're playing a three guard a straight three guard offense with McBray or Mason, and Harris. But uh, that's the way you got to go, right? That's at a shooter here,
1: and that will allow us to dust off this gem.
0: Now it's time for Joe and Pets, sports person of the Week.
2: And here's what I was thinking. Yes, sir. You know who is in charge of sports person of the we, day? I knew we were going to have down here. Yes. Our friend Jamie Hirsch.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No, Jamie, Jamie Erdahl. Jamie Erdahl. Jamie yeah. Erdahl. I mm-hmm. keep getting. There's too damn many Jamies. Jamie Erdahl was our intern, and we gave her this important task, and she's used that to vault onto national TV. She went from there to national TV, right? Yes. I'm wondering if if we re if we restart the sports person of the day, if we can get jamie to send us some of her promotional photos and sign them congratulations what do you think well
1: you think that might be perceived as creepy but we could probably <laughs> see we could probably see what we could do Oh
2: well, we got her started that's jamie true Erdogan. that what is true would she be doing No, oh, that if it wasn't for sports although, person she, of the day. She, if, although she did have the class to say in july she said you know I'm leaving. There's nothing. You guys can't think up anything for us for me to do. I'm leaving, and uh, so you and think, She went off on her own, Jamie Erdahl, and had a great career. But so you think that maybe know, we maybe, weren't maybe utilizing? Just, maybe just notes, because yeah, you're right. If they were like promotional photos, then it might pass them along. In these times, it might yeah, pass if, along the wrong message. Might right? might
1: might be in poor taste. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. but. You know, that's kind of our specialty, isn't it? It is. It's been important.
1: She's always had a good laugh about that, whether it's on social media or what have you. So maybe she would play along. Who knows? Yeah,
2: or maybe we can get Jamie to do the voiceover. Oh, there you go. Maybe uh, now... CBS is she still closely affiliated with CBS Sports? She not?
1: is. In fact, she was sidelined for a Viking game this year. Yeah,
2: because I'm a little worried. Maybe yes, she, they wouldn't the... let her do. Maybe they wouldn't let her do the Baltimore. SBN it was
1: thing. the Vikings. It was Ravens the Baltimore game, yes. game. Yep, that's what it was. Yep.
2: I think uh, you know, but we can. If we can uh, tell them, you know, don't worry, uh, nobody will notice anyway. Right? So exactly. Just, just uh, I think maybe we'll. But if we bring back the sports person of the day in some form, I think we got to get Jamie involved. You know, a lot somehow. of
1: people, Pat. You know, you've been you've been at this a while. You know, sometimes when you either cover a big event or you're a part of a a magical moment, you might keep a, an article or a maybe a, a game log from a particular game that was a big part of your career. Do you think? That Jamie kept a Sports Person of the Day certificate to kind of, you know.
2: Or a Diary of the Winners, maybe.
5: Oh, that could
1: be it, too. A notebook
2: or something.
1: Yeah, that was. uh, I remember
2: Joe picked some, you know, skier in Argentina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, Manny, the deal was Joe and I each had one. Right,
1: every day. Okay, and then
2: after a while, Joe said, "Yeah." I just uh, <laughs> Joe he, lost a bit of Joe interest. Joe, stopped doing it. So that uh, we're not doing be, this anymore. No, no. So we just had me doing the sports person of the day. But I remember him <laughs> asking
1: Jamie if he could find the address of some skier in Bolivia or, <laughs> or whatever it was And she thought. Are you out of your? Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't what. See,
2: uh, <laughs> you know. Well, we we taught her. How not to use her talent. That's right. And then she put her talents to work, and now she's (laughs) a a national figure. But Jameer Harris, congratulations. You are the winner of the first return to the sports person of the day. And the question is, where the hell have they been hiding you all year? No kidding. You need a shooter. What have you been waiting for? Uh, Three guards. Murphy, best one of the two or three best players in the league, and uh, then you then what difference does it make which one of the big stiffs is playing, right? right.
1: Well, and I posed it, that question last night watching the game. Like, where's this kid been all all, all season? And apparently, well, that's
2: when they when they recruited him, it was he's a shooter.
1: Apparently, he doesn't like to guard anybody. That was that was why Coach Patino had decided to limit his minutes early in the season. Apparently, well,
2: actually, yeah, Jelly Bean uh, plays better. He steals the ball and stuff. He just. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, Jamie Erdahl, former St. Olaf basketball player. Yep. She'd kick his ass And Oh, <laughs> heavens, yes. <laughs> it, would be a, it would be a mismatch. It would be a mismatch, Isaiah Washington. Do you see his stats? No. He's shooting 31%. Oh, my God. From the field, and he's 10 out of 55 on threes. Good Eighteen percent. That's I mean, not
1: going to get the jelly hot. That's for sure. No,
2: no, it's not getting the jelly hot. I got to think the jellies people are a little hot about playing two minutes, though, don't you? The
1: jelly's probably going to get jammed here in a second, is yeah, what you're absolutely. saying. <laughs> All
2: right. Anyway, congratulate the Gophers. They look good. Hey, I watched the last watch the last ten minutes in the overtime. They look pretty good. Yes, they did. All right. Well, of course, Penn State. That crowd was deafening, wasn't it? What did you call it on Twitter? The snake pit? snake pit. <laughs>
3: it's just the Penn State basketball uh-huh.
2: snake pit. They could have played the thing at the Salvation Army Arena in down, in downtown St. Paul. And it they would have had louder. leftover seats. Unbelievable. There couldn't have been a 1,000 people. No, no. I mean, <laughs>
1: every time a kid shot a free throw, the bride was sitting next to me. She goes is there anybody there? Because <laughs> they'd show the background, you know, of, and yeah. there was nobody in the, what would be like the student section behind the, where the guy would shoot free throws. It was amazing. Yes.
2: All right, we uh, shall return. Johnny Height, and then uh, we'll have a conversation with Chip Sc- Scoggins. You know what? Today is going to be remembered as the Mow and Blow Show. It's going to be... Um... <laughs> A three-hour time
1: delay. Can't believe that they misinterpreted our uh, yeah. company's ob- objective.
2: Yeah, Matt Mikulski Jr., when he's a billionaire <laughs> 20 years from now. They say, where did it start? It started with mow and blow. That's right. Lawn service for the professionals. <laughs> That's right. Here is Johnny Height with a sports update. Expe- Any new news out there, Johnny? Anything happening? <sighs> nothing,
5: nothing really yeah. new.
2: Hey, uh, tomorrow, Trevor May uh, down here rehabbing at uh, at Fort Myers fantastic. Uh,
5: before he goes to uh,
2: Twins Fest will come up and join us cool. uh, for at least a half hour, maybe longer.
5: Fun. Uh, this update sponsored by Shell Oil Company. Get the feeling of being rewarded with gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards Program. Download the Fuel Rewards app, join, and start saving five cents a gallon today. Timberwolves in action tonight. Don't, don't not let Sorry, me play the Chris sounder. Sorry, I kind of rushed you there. You big jerk. Uh-huh. Timberwolves <laughs> in Orlando to play the Magic. Uh-huh. Is Trevor going to be out of the bullpen pad, or is he going to no, be a starter? No,
2: he's a starter. We had Falby on the other day. That's what he said. They see him as a starter, and they're right. He is a starter. Change-up, curveball, fastball. Uh, he's, he's He's got the mix to be a starter, in my opinion, and also the body type.
5: Right? Big
2: yeah, I, I I agree. Yep,
5: yes. I absolutely agree with that. Sean Payton today downplaying uh, the significance of his taunts at Minnesota Vikings (laughs) (laughs) fans. Pictures of Payton's taunt were first brought to light all over online. Today he's gesturing. uh, He's mocking the Vikings' skull chant as he's clapping his hands above his head. uh, Believed to have occurred with 25 seconds remaining right after the Saints took the lead. Well, today he said uh, it was just good, clean fun. Yeah. He said there was a group of fans. It was good playoff fun. That's what he said at his season-ending news conference. I agree season. with him. What the hell? A
2: little agitation. They were agitating him all day probably. Huh?
5: Probably.
0: He probably should have told Marcus Williams what to yes. do on that last <laughs> yeah, defensive play instead of this chat.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, I only caught But remember the story about him when he uh when he won the Super Bowl and uh Jerry, when he won the Super Bowl, and he was in that restaurant, the the one expensive restaurant in downtown Indianapolis, and he ordered a big expensive bottle of champagne, and then put it on Jerry Jones's bill. Oh, <laughs> remember, God. remember that story? I yeah, don't. I mean, he, he's got a little of that, in, you know, because he came from Dallas. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. Sure. And he and apparently it was Jones's favorite beverage and he took the last bottle of it and and then he left the bill with Jerry Jones and uh, Jerry, Jerry I guess didn't think it was funny
5: that is funny. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, Zim, it's Zim and he coached together last week. Zim said he was a great guy. Yeah, they're buddies. Yeah, yeah, he said yeah. That they're, they used to hang out all the time in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not get a chance to
1: listen uh, to the Mackey and Judge show yesterday. I had the day off, but I was did, did Randy call in? Was Randy okay? <laughs> I, I'm I not know. sure.
2: Because sure. I looked oh, at I'm his, sure he did.
1: I was looking at his Twitter account. He did keep tabs on everything he consumed <laughs> uh, on Sunday. <laughs> okay, I drank, and I not lying. Two bloodies, <laughs> 10 purple shooters, eight cord light, which I think he meant Coors lights, uh-huh. one uh-huh. Yag Bomb, a Hurricane, and a Vodka Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> As he calls it, Vodka Red Bull, a
5: sober up drink. <laughs> 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 uh, the Saints oh. punter, Thomas Morsted, remember oh, that, he was. That poor yeah. guy. Uh, he did not have broken ribs, and he was kind of disappointed about that. He actually has torn cartilage, which is also Ooh. very painful. Uh, i will leave him in pain probably for two weeks, and he won't be healthy for they six weeks. They
1: made line up for the extra
5: point. Well, he in between, <laughs> uh, he got a shot to help in the second half. Remember, he punted in the second half. Wasn't ah. grimacing quite as much. Ah. But some a Vikings fan on Reddit suggested that Minnesota fans donate to his foundation, What You Give Will Grow. Apparently because they thought, well, he's gotten it out, so let's help him out. You um, don't
2: think these guys are—even the punters and the kickers are tough guys in this game, man.
5: Yeah. Morstead didn't find out about this till he got a text message from his foundation's executive director Monday night. And now uh, this is kind of cool. He says uh, they're going to find a hospital here in Minnesota to give back uh, the, because that's what his foundation does it give us back. So they'll give do, back to do, a hospital uh, in Minnesota.
2: Should punters really have foundations?
5: Well, if it's going to a good
2: cause, <laughs> yeah, why okay. not? All right. that's I, I guess so. But he's a potter. Ray Guy can have a foundation. Dana uh, uh, Quigley, or whatever the hell his name is. Dana Quigley. Quigley. <laughs> Can't have a foundation. I, I don't well, know. Well, he that. did.
5: But, you know, he got hurt saving a touchdown. If he hadn't gotten uh, yes, Marcus Sherrill's, it yes. would have been a touchdown. For that the
2: was Vikings. the first time Marcus has popped one in a while. Yeah. Because they they punt, not only do they kick off where you can't return them, they punt the ball so damn high now that uh, you can't return the punts. Either. You know,
1: you are taking your own advice that you gave out at the top of the hour when we were talking about Sean Payton. You do have to stick to agitation when you asked, should punters have a foundation? You foundation?
2: I think you're, you know. I, you. I don't, I don't. I don't. There's got to be a limit of foundation. You can only donate to so many foundations. For all we know. <laughs> really, you know, got to have a certain status. He's probably helping
1: orphan kids, you know, in the, sure. in the third well, world country. Well, it actually.
2: Bleep hole country. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My God. oh. Okay. Yep. Kids from bleephole countries who need life-saving surgery. Okay, but still he's a punter, you
5: know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jacksonville Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette was in a car crash today. Uh oh. He was not injured. Oh. Uh, his car was rear-ended, and the rear bumper was knocked off his 2017 Mercedes Maybach. Ooh, are they a uh, special variety of uh, Mercedes? I'm not. John, a, or... I'm not a car guy enough to know to mm-hmm. be truthful. You know what he did though? He signed the bumper and gave it to one of the first responders. Really? Oh, so. what why God. was it laying in the street? Is that yeah, why yeah, just <laughs> handed him the bumper apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh he's fine. Uh he'll be good for the game. Uh don't worry. On Sunday if you're going for the Jags. So All right.
2: All right, Johnny. Uh thank you sir. you bet. Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune, Sports Columnist, how did the uh, the uh, basketball game come out today?
4: Not well. We took a we took a loss. Oh no. We, has it been a good a, year had, or a bad year? Um, we've lost more than we've won. Um mm-hmm. but uh it has been a fun year, I'll say that. And
2: uh how did the how how the parents behave? We got the parents <laughs> all on the same the parents all on board with each other or is there a lot of yeah. infighting?
4: Okay. No, no, we're a lot of friends there, so we have a good time watching.
2: Basketball, I suppose basketball at Woodbury is kind of like, uh, you're kind of red-headed stepchildren out there, though, aren't you? I mean, <laughs> compared to the hockey crowd, that's... Uh, no, that's...
4: actually, actually, basketball is much like uh, our, our community is not uh, unlike what's going on with the state. This is just... It's a basketball state pat when you look at the number of kids playing um, oh, it's, it's. with AAU and the, and the thing that has really surprised me is just the number of kids that play year round. and it's not so much we did a, a, our paper did a series on this It's not so much all oh, we're trying to get a scholarship. No, you're trying to play varsity basketball, and that's—you almost have to do that to be on the varsity team to be able to um, get a roster spot. You basically have to play year-round, So so uh, you know, basketball is just—it's booming uh, here, like it is everywhere else in Minnesota.
2: Well, and uh, one of the reasons for it, and uh, you know, candidly, is we're a heck of a lot more diverse than we were 25 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot more kids. Uh, you know, the, 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 there's a lot more kids in the suburbs uh, yeah. of, uh, with a with a basketball background. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not Hopkins. It's not Hopkins getting a bunch of kids from North Minneapolis. It's uh, you know, kids live in Woodbury. You know.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. We're we're a late uh, bloomer in terms of the AAU scene. I, I did a big story or big package on this back in the spring, and we didn't get AAU basketball or AAU sports in general um, until the late, uh, was it the '80s? Um, and they changed the rule, of the Minnesota State High School League rule, and actually, oh, yeah. Jim Peterson. Jim Peterson had a great story that he was our first McDonald's All-American, right? Yes, right, St. Louis Park, and he goes out to the thing to the McDonald's All-American game out in California. Twenty-four other players. He gets on the bus. It's Doc Rivers and you know so other guys that are going to, go on to be NBA players, and doesn't know a soul. Now they're all friends because these guys have been traveling the country, sure. and playing in the summer circuit, but because Minnesota, the high school league, had a rule that prohibited it. No one knew him, and he knew one else. knew He didn't know any of the players. So he was kind of the first guy to, you know, to he didn't get the AAU experience. But, I mean, can you imagine that now? These kids play all over the country and know each other uh, just from playing the summer circuit. But back then, we, our state didn't allow it, so we were sort of behind the curve.
2: Oh, man, we were, we were unbelievable. Chip, 1961. Now that's how old I am, and Dave Mona can tell you this because he was on the team. Uh, yeah. Minneapolis, Roosevelt. Was a powerhouse, uh, you know, basically like unbeaten, and yeah. they were a powerhouse, and this is one class basketball, and uh, they they beat the they were in region five, and they beat Mound, and then uh, they beat Royalton, and then they beat Mound, and to go to the huh. state tournament, and when they beat Mound, the couple one of the Mound kids recognized two guys who were like the. 11th and 12th guy on the Roosevelt team who he had seen playing together in a little summer thing called Demolay organization. And yeah. they, they had been teammates in an organized basketball game in the summer, and they threw Roosevelt out of the state tournament. You could not oh have goodness. it. Teammates could not be organized in any fashion in summer basketball and it that lasted probably into the what? 70s it was
4: unbelievable. I never could understand I, I never got no. the answer Pat was that to pro- prohibit the big schools from having an unfair advantage was I don't know, know what basketball? it was I guess they
2: wanted I, I I have no idea what the whole thing was not I mean uh, it was it was just uh, it wasn't just basketball it was every sport no, it was every you could sport. not yeah. you could not play any form of organized competition in the summer with a teammate. It was,
4: it was uh, yeah. Someone told me that it changed, and I don't know if this story's true. But there was a swimmer from was it a Diner, Eden Prairie, that was a you know a top swimmer in the country or whatever, but couldn't go to uh, these you know uh, special regionals or whatever camps in the summer, and that and that changed. I don't know if that story's true, but I never really got a firm answer on why our state back then did not allow kids to play in in specialty camps or whatever in the summer, but. Um, You know, it changed, and then I think that's really led to more than anything where we are as basketball because just now more kids play, and it's just kind of snowballed over the years. Mm -hmm.
2: And by the way, Coach K will try to uh, have a good team again next year. I see he's only got the (laughs) one, the three, and the ten. Uh, Trey Jones is the (laughs) tenth-rated recruit. He's got three more one-and-dones coming in, uh, Coach K. So uh, now – Obviously, Vince Young running in for a touchdown on the Rose Bowl yeah. will remain the number one event you've ever seen. Number one event you've ever covered this Sunday?
4: I think so. Yeah. yeah um, I would have up to say. That point, up until that point, it was the the uh, Vince Young-Reggie Bush Rose Bowl. But this one, <laughs> this one I put ahead of it just because you just never see that. And literally... No. You know, when, when we always say, "God, I've never seen anything like it." No, you've never seen that. There, there's never been an NFL playoff game that has ended in that fashion. And I got to be honest with you. You know, you're up in the press box saying, "All right, I'm taking this angle." Defense yep. didn't make a stop. Then all of a sudden, you're staring at a blank screen because you have a complete rewrite on. Just, oh yeah. And trying to put that in perspective, um, it was it was it was epic. And and just the atmosphere is because it, Pat, if they don't lose, if they lose that game. Can you imagine the mood and reaction around town oh. with how much buildup and just optimism there was with this team and having the Super Bowl here and just and how well they 17-0 at
2: halftime and oh goodness, uh, it's a mismatch. It no, I said that on Twitter uh, thinking I was being funny yesterday. Or no, Sunday night, people went nuts. I was saying, you know, that – uh you know two hours later don't worry fellas we were all still supported you even if you hadn't (laughs) pulled off the miracle at the end but they went from epic choke yeah to greatest moment ever in viking history this is i mean i've seen them all not in person but i i know all of them and this is the greatest moment in viking history
4: well and i thought when when breeze converted that fourth and ten. Ooh. Just in that situation, you're like, they're not going to win this game. I mean, there's just this—you don't. That defense does not give up those kind of plays. This team does not give up those kind of plays, and they kick the field goal, and You're thinking, all right, it's over. Even though they had enough time, you're thinking, man, it's just going to be tough. And then they start that drive with a false start. And then you're really thinking, uh, it's, yeah. it's just not in the cards. But um, yeah, you know, I guess that's that's why you play till the end. You never <laughs> know, something like, that could happen. And they—they're living proof of it. it sounds kind of cliche when they tell us that, but. It, sometimes you get a miracle ending
2: like that. Uh, the Wild—they uh, sell out every game. Uh, certainly, if they ever made a real Stanley Cup run, people go goofy and get on board. Yeah, the Timberwolves have finally uh, got a, a pulse. Uh, the Twins have, you know, given us the two World Series, and the you know the Gophers still exist in some form, yeah. but. <laughs> We uh we found out who the boss is on uh, yeah. Sunday. I've never seen uh, this is this is every bit the reaction of '87 uh, when the Twins won the first World Series just to, to win this playoff game. But the the people I saw down here in Fort Myers are just every, every Minnesota I run into they're still going nuts.
4: Yeah, and that's I was just you know at my my son's basketball game here. Every parent was like, God, can you believe that game it was just you know, and that's. You walk in any coffee shop, restaurant, that's what people are talking about. And, and it, I felt it before the game with just the mood around town with everybody doing purple and just on social media. And I don't know if – I was asking somebody this the other day, and I, maybe I'm reading this completely wrong. Has there been more of that now than we saw in 2009 with that team? Or is it just because social media is more prevalent and we're seeing it more? Wow. Um, and we had the far factor, so that, that team was – Created its own kind of circus, but it just seems like there's something galvanizing about. Well, you scene. were you
2: were underdogs in 2009. This in New Orleans, we were. You know, Correct. you were disappointed, but you were not surprised. Uh, this the anticipation that you're going to get to play the Super Bowl for the first time in 41 years, yeah. And it, with full confidence, people they can say, "Oh, they there," uh, you know, something always bad happens to the Vikings, but they don't really believe it. They, Deep in their soul, the real Viking fans—and there's a million of them in the state, at least—felt uh, like this team was going to go to the Super Bowl. And there's an optimism. Ninety-eight—the only time it compares in is, is ninety-eight—and then you got to go back to playing outdoors at Met Stadium. Yeah. As far yeah, as yeah, it, saying I, this is this is going to happen. And uh, yep. that's, that's what made, that's what has made it so crazy, I think.
4: Yeah, and, and I also think it's just there's been so much just heartbreak with this or, uh, organization and, and the way they've lost. And then you have that optimism, that feeling like, you know what, this team is better than anybody that's left standing. They're going to be in the Super Bowl. And then you're – I mean, you literally walk to the edge of that cliff. You have <laughs> you, you're, your feet dangling over the cliff. Yes. And then you somehow win it like that, which you, you've never seen that happen. I think those things just kind of conspired and, and, and led to this just volcanic reaction of euphoria that's in town. And, and it's going to be interesting. I think Pat, I think this is a mature team. And I think Zimmer will get the, the team's feet back on the ground tomorrow when they come back. But that's, that's not an easy thing to do to, you know, come off something like that. And then, you know, ramp it back up to where, you know, you need to, to be your focus. But I think with this team, just kind of the maturity they have and the hunger they have, I don't, I don't a lot, other teams, I might have a you know concern about that. With this one, I, I really don't think that's going to be an issue at all. And the other big advantage is they're better than the other guys.
2: Yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's yeah. the good that, thing. They're better than the Eagles. So.
4: Yeah, I would be. I, I'm definitely going to pick them. I just don't think the Eagles, without win, um I just don't think they're in the same category as, as uh, the Vikings. I think the Vikings' defense will. They got a good defense. I, I'll give them that. But I just think offensively, they're really going to struggle to score points against the Vikings.
2: All right, Chip.
1: Thank you, whoa, sir. Whoa, whoa, thank whoa, whoa. Not. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can't what? let him go without uttering a congratulations to our guy, Chipper.
4: Oh, thank you. You're oh, welcome. I appreciate it. Chip,
1: Patrick, today was named the Minnesota Sports Writer of the Year by the National Sportscasters and Sportswriters Hall of Fame. Congratulations, well, uh, Chipper.
2: Yes, congratulations. Uh, it's not him, easy huh? to beat Charlie Walters. He had that for about 20 years. <laughs> so, uh, <you> know, <laughs> congratulations, congrats, Chip. Again. All right. right. Thank you, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. All right, Chip. Ah, uh, we'll be back. Manny Hill, do you have anything to complain about today, Sure.
0: Well, not me in particular, but the Golden State Warriors have something to complain Ooh. about. Did you guys see this? They beat they beat the Cavaliers <laughs> yes, yesterday right. in Cleveland. The uh, this I'll just read the headline from the USA Today story. Warriors treated to cold showers in Cleveland after beating Cavaliers. <laughs> and the showers in the locker rooms ex- didn't have any hot water, apparently. Have
2: the Cavs lost five in a row now? Or just I think four? it is
0: five in a row now. Five in a row. Yeah. Wow.
5: And
2: their record
1: since Christmas Day, what did
2: I see? Like two and eight?
0: Yeah. yeah. And just wow. remember, they had that stretch where they won like 18, 18 out of 20. 18, yeah, 18, out 18 out of
2: 19. 19. Yeah. And, that, and, and apparently, dissension has reared its ugly head.
0: Kevin Durant, so, Kevin Durant apparently yelled, man, they got to do something in the queue. Somebody call <laughs> Brian.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, it wasn't an accident either. I'm sure they did it on purpose uh, yeah. to turn, give them cold water in there. What do you got, Revers?
1: Uh My daily complaint, and I would have issued this yesterday, but I was off. Steve Sarkeesian, know, the last sequence of play calls when you I had don't. first and goal from the nine-yard line when you're trying to burn clock. You are the dumbest play caller in the history of
2: football, you moron. Well, uh, today uh, it was there was indicate there were reports today that Dan Quinn is going to keep him, and apparently oh, the Atlanta
1: fans have gone goof. He is a moron, and not that I would be mad, you know, if you know guy had a rooting interest for home tickets for the NFC Championship game in any way. But well, he's remember, an idiot.
0: Remember how mad everybody was at Kyle Shanahan last year in the Super Bowl because of the yeah. play calling late in the game, and yeah. then they replace him. You know, he goes on to the 49ers, that's and true. they replace him with Sark. And that's true. It's even it's gotten even worse.
2: Still a very odd uh, hire. There. It was. Uh, I'm I with you. A, bringing in a guy from uh, Alabama, uh, who was um, just a college guy. Who was so. only
0: at Alabama for
2: like six Two minutes. Months. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Kiffin came in here. What's your uh, daily complaint, sir? My daily complaint is that uh, people are upset because I'm supporting Sean Payton uh, for agitating. What the hell's wrong with it? He's having a little fun, and you made him. You made him. Fight it, right, it, And not to mention, have they, they never met it. you? This is what you do. <laughs> you, no, ad- you, I'm talking But about- I do like Peyton. I think he's an offensive genius. He helps to have one of the three best quarterbacks that ever played. <laughs> right, but, uh, that does help matters. He is, uh, yeah, I think he's a very good offensive guy, and uh, he's an agitator. That's fine. We need those in sports. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. All right, we will uh, do this tomorrow. Trevor May will be with us for a while, and then we'll uh, see what... And Herm, we expect Herm to...